All right. Well, welcome back to Soul Back. Uh, this is the R&B podcast, the first one of 2021. Uh, Happy New Year's to everyone tuning in, to you guys, of course. And uh, 2021, we're looking forward to great things. And uh, we're going to kick off this year by talking about 1995 R&B, guys. 1995, yes. This year, and we'll talk about next week, or be these are like the two defining years of my music fandom because late 94 mid 94 and definitely in the 95 was right around the time I became like a music super fan I've always been into music but these were the years where I just turned it up to another level so I'm gonna have fun with this one guys before we discuss 1995 can I give a shout out since it's 2021 this is our first episode mm-hmm. a few weeks ago I gave a shout out I don't know if you guys remember. I forgot the guy's name live on the air, unfortunately. I called the guy out. I didn't even remember his name. So since it's 2021, I want to start in a a clean note, you know, go in the right direction. I want to give another shout out. I want to give a shout out to another guy who I forgot his name, uh, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) This is a guy who he tried to call out our boy Kyle on on the comments of one of his interviews for being what? for not paying attention or something during the interview, not seeming interested. Kyle responded by saying, that's our style. We give the artist room to talk, let them share their story. The guy responded and said, yeah, you're right. I wish more interviewers would be like that. Wow. Wait, what? So he, <laughs> wow. he threw slander and then Kyle was like, you're stupid because this is our style. And he was like, okay, you're right. That's my favorite kind of shutting somebody down. Tom, 2021's off to a great start. Tom, I, I can I, tell. I thank you for that compliment. And uh, because of that, because of that, because it's New Year, let's, let's have a toast. Ed has his water. I've got my Snoop Dogg wine here. You guys need oh to check this out. Snoop Dogg wine. Snoop Dogg is on. This is actually delicious, Ed. I know you don't drink, but this is a, an amazing red wine. Play the only thing I drink Snoop is on the here. tears of my haters. That's what this is. I'm drinking. I already tea. told Kyle this podcast will be turning into drink champs for at least one episode at some point down the line, and we'll, Play, it's uh, going to be fun. We've already had some drink champs up here. It was just unofficial. <laughs> I won't blow you up. Facts. All right. Uh, well, we're talking about 1995 R&B today. Uh, just so everyone knows, we're going to keep doing this probably until 1992, and then we're going to do something else because I don't know how much longer we can really go. But 1995, I did the collage for this yesterday, started looking at all these albums, Ed, a lot of great albums, and also a lot of great soundtracks. What a great year, Wait, 1995. You probably had to do 19 different collages because there was mm-hmm. so much meat on the R&B bone in 1995. And as you mentioned, not just that, soundtracks are plenty too. And we'll get into some of those as well. Another great year for soundtracks. And Tom, a lot of great debuts as well. John B, obviously, you're really excited about that one. So we'll get to that one soon. Just hang on tight. (laughs) Uh, But let's start off talking about some albums that came out in 1995. Uh, I'm going to start out with this one. Can we talk about Mariah Carey's daydream album because this to me this is my entry point into r&b my mom played this to death i don't know if it's the best mariah carey album i think some would argue butterfly is better but this to me is like the essential mariah album this is one of the first where we really get to see the r&b side of her with the jermaine dupree records the baby face records 
amazing album, Always Be My Baby, which I think, and I could be wrong, but after All I Want for Christmas is You and Maybe We Belong Together, I would argue that Always Be My Baby is the signature Mariah record. What do you guys mm. think about that? Oh, no question. No question. And as we talked about before on previous editions with Mariah, I love this album because not only do we get the one side, but we also got the JD remixes. It totally flipped these songs and gave them a whole new life and a whole new really direction on a different radio platform. She shows so much diversity with this record. I don't think it's her best. It's close. Mm -hmm. Number two for me. But no question, one of the best of the year and one of her defining albums that honestly, to me, I don't see enough praise on these social medias enough for this one. Because when you mm -hmm. look back in 95, mm -hmm. this was a huge turning point for her. It's interesting. I remember exactly where I was when this song came out, when I heard it for the first time. That's a sign of a, of a timeless record yep. and the ultimate classic. I love the versatility, though, of Jermaine Dupri, because if, if someone told you he produced it, you'd be like, that's not a Jermaine Dupri sound. But right. <laughs> look up the credits. He's on there. Mm -hmm. But when I think of this album, though, saddest song ever alert, guys. One no sweet God. day with oh, Boys to Men. Can't listen to it. <laughs> I'll admit that one does deserve to be on the list of saddest ever. I yes. loved it, but they played it so much that yeah. it's to the point where I'm like, I can't do it no more. I have, I'm all cried out. We're to allure them because I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to talk about the song Underneath the Stars because that's an amazing record too. Yeah. I mean, between that, you got Melt mm -hmm. Away. There's just so much on this album that I love even beyond the singles and, yep. you know, fantasy. I remember exactly where I was the first time I heard that. Always Be My Baby. I remember exactly where I was when I heard that and the remix. There's just so much that's here that I love that was, as, as Kyle, I I mean, Sam said, you remember exactly where you were when these albums, when these singles dropped, when these videos dropped. That's the timeless record. Yep. And then, of course, we have Tom, the Waiting to Exhale, Exhale soundtrack, the one that Babyface put together, crafted it himself, written it, gave it to all these great artists. Like, can you just imagine how epic that is? Babyface, one of the greatest, puts together the soundtrack and it's timeless. Yeah. I, it just makes me long for the days of soundtracks and, and like thinking about how this type of music came together. You get a legendary songwriter producer coming to put it together, tapping all these legendary artists like, man, we, we just need stuff like that right now. But Ed, being in that moment, what do you remember most about when it came out? And we have talked, I don't know if we talked enough about how important soundtracks were in this era. So there are many soundtracks for songs like albums like, like New Jersey Drive. Like that's a, a movie nobody remembers, but you remember that soundtrack. And yeah. in this era, there were songs that would go on to promote these out, these movies that would be bigger than the actual movies. This is one of the few examples where there was a gigantic movie that came out. Tons of buzz, tons of hype. Like my mom and my aunts, all the women in my life had to go see this movie. And here you come with this incredible producer, got all these yeah. female soul singers on one record. We make a big deal out of it. It was just women. We Now y'all be writing a thousand think pieces. <laughs> that's how it is. He was like, I'm going to get these female voices to tell this story. And it worked so well. My opinion, just your boy's opinion, it may be the best soundtrack of the 90s. It's between this and Boomerang. Mm. But this is one that is incredible, incredible, and still stands the test of time. Tom, it's time to ask you the hardest question of the day. Uh-oh. 
Of these songs, which is the best song? We have Exhale, Shoop Shoop by Whitney Houston, Let It Flow by Tony Braxton, Sitting Up in My Room by Brandy, and Not Gonna Cry by Mary J. Blige. Out of those four, which are all on the same soundtrack and written yes. by the same guy, which one of you are you, which which one of those are you going with? You, you even mentioned the SWV record, which That's I, someone true. in our comments mentioned should have been a single. Uh, is this my personal favorite? Yes. Personally, I I go towards the Brandy single and Tony Braxton the most. Just my personal preference. Mm. But you can't go wrong in any direction with. I mean, this whole album. I mean, what are you guys picking? Uh, I might have to go. Personal favorite is Tony for sure. Yeah. But the best, best, I'm leaning toward Mary. It's just when you combine the writing and the production, I want to say that. Yeah. But it's real close. Again, there's no wrong answer on this one. Yeah. That, that Mary song, man, that got, I'm sure that got a lot of people through some heartbreak. Oh, yeah. Lord, yes. <laughs> yes. That's there were girls coming to school with the head wrap and the big glasses on. And you saw that oh, you better go the Lord. other way because somebody's car is on fire. Somebody's car is on fire? That happened <laughs> yeah. in the 90s? Yes. No. The 90s was not a game. Y'all didn't just invent wilding out. Mm. Damn. Damn. Uh, Ed, can we talk about the guy we're not supposed to be talking about? I don't want to get called out. So I think it's, a, I think we're allowed to mention him. But we sh- we should be allowed to mention well, because this before, is a very good. Album. Before you get there, Ed, I want to give a quick shout out to my guy Lee Warren. This is uh one of our avid uh readers. Uh, he sent me on Instagram his rankings for the R. Kelly albums, mm-hmm. and he has this one at number three. Is that is it number three on your list as well? Um, it's near the top. I can't remember if it's number three. Definitely he, not one or two. He went it's R, probably he went, top five. Yeah, he went R, Chocolate Factory, the self-titled, 12 Play, and then Happy People, You Saved Me. Um, the R is not number one. I know that. Mm. But <laughs> the buffet has to be up there somewhere, right? The buffet oh, is <laughs> if you call that If you call up there at the end, then yes. Mm. But no, this was a very good album. To me, I'll keep it short because, you know, we aren't allowed to talk about it. We talk about his 12-play record and how monumental that was, and we'll get to that one later on. But to me, this is the one that solidified him as the voice of the era. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was just nowhere but up. So no matter what evil he did, and he probably did do a lot of evil, I can't take away from the impact that that record had on this era, and it was huge. Amazing. Um, Tom, can we talk about Jodeci's? album the show the after party the hotel because i think dalvin says that this is the most recent jodeci album he completely ignores the one that came oh, out a couple God. years back i don't know if we're allowed to do that can we do that no uh <laughs> no. i mean personally i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but i'll never play that album again oh i just it, it didn't work for me but if hey if the members ignore it then we can ignore it too yeah. I mean, I guess I still don't think it's as bad as people say. It's not great, but my gosh, there were 20 worst albums last year. I love the thing that made me appreciate this album even more was the stories I've heard behind it mm-hmm. with the whole the basement coming together and, you know, mm-hmm. Jodeci to work on it in Rochester, New York, you know, um, and 
you know, and, and finding out where all those artists are now, who they've become. It's just an yeah. epic story. And this is Kyle, an album, period, right here. <laughs> With a T? Home. Yes. Home. With the T. No, no. I, what I love about this album is the production. Like Devonte really took yes. his production to another level with this one. To me, it still sounds fresh to this date. Like when I listen to Jodeci's first two albums, you can tell that those albums came from the '90s. Great albums, but this one, I think he had a little bit more of that West Coast influence from Dre on it. And I mean, it still sounds great to, to today. Like freaking you, Ed. That's a classic. It is. But I will say this because your boy got to be the one that always brings it down a little bit. I like this album a lot. I don't think it's, I think it's over time has gotten to be a little overrated to me because it's just too long of yeah. a record. Yes. There's a lot that could be trimmed <laughs> off. But what I like the most is what you really pointed out was the production and the sound and the singles have gone on to stand. Another one that stands the test of time because you can throw in those singles and they still sound fresh today. You know what's for life at yeah. record. You know what's weird when I listen to that album. Like, I don't know. I, I like the first half, but the second half is when it gets really good, and that's when mm-hmm. they get into that mid-tempo slow jam section. And Tom, mm-hmm. there's an epic Jodeci line. I still don't know what it means to the, to to this date, but pump me <laughs> while I pump you. What is going on there, Tom? <laughs> We'll talk about that off air, Kyle. All right. <laughs> Listen, were the interludes all necessary? That kind of, to me, took away from some of it, too. Agree. That's mm. one thing that really slowed the momentum down as an yeah. overall album. And I know this album, again, is beloved because it's got so many great songs on it. But yep. as a total body of work, I would have cut those interludes and like three or four other songs and it would have been much, much tighter. Yeah. Love You for Life was about T-Boz, Lauren says. I... I don't know. It, I've never. I don't know if it was about T. Bosh. She's, She's in, in the, the video. video. She's in the video. I don't know yep. if it was about her though. All right. Um, a couple more albums I want to get to here. Let me know your thoughts on this. We got Escape, their second album. That was a big album. Man, I love that album. Yes, I heard that album for the first time on a. I guess I was like in a sophomore. I was on a school field trip, and this girl I who had never met before until this trip. She had like the CD and she was listening to it behind me. And I was like, oh, let me hear that. And I listened to the whole album. She was like, I remember her saying, oh, you won't like it because it's like girls singing. Mm. I'm like, lady, I know about some <laughs> R&B. Let me hear my girls. And I loved the album and I listened to it and went home and copied it as soon as I could. Great album. You know what's interesting, Kyle, as we go through these years and we've talked about Escape, you know, on their past couple albums. It, it reminds me how underrated they become simply yeah. because I don't think they're around to carry on the escape name and continue to celebrate it Yeah, because they haven't really been together. And if you look at the quality of the work they've put out over the years, they don't really get the credit they deserve, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, they have hits and I think people need to. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, they're not really on the road touring. They have done yeah. a couple more shows over the past few years, but. I mean, they need to get back on the road with all four members and really capitalize on what they built. Um, Ed, can we talk about Silk's second album? Of course, we're talking about Silk, <laughs> yes. What do you and like about this album? <laughs> I think that it is so cohesive. I know that mm-hmm. there are some like label issues going on and this is not an album that the group really likes because of a lot of stuff going on and stuff that they kind of struggle with. But as a fan, from a fan perspective and a quality perspective, 
it's a really strong album. Not as good as that first. Not as good as the album that would come after this. They were still trying to find themselves a little bit after being kind of on their own and just trying to find where they wanted to take their sound in 95. But they came with some great singles, some great album cuts, and overall solid body of work. If someone considered this kind of like, because we'll talk later about our like favorite albums of the year. And while this probably won't make it into most folks' top 10, yep. it's still on a, in a year like 2021 would by far be the best album of the year. That's what Call of Duty we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, Tom, let's talk about Brian McKnight's second album, I Remember You. And what I love about these albums is like these came before and, and Joe is another one we'll talk about um, next episode. But these are albums that came out before they truly blew up. And it's kind of yeah. cool just to go back and listen to these albums and see where they were at. Maybe it's not as mainstream as some of their later stuff, but it's kind of a cool listen. No, I agree. And this album has some cuts I really enjoy. On the Down Low is one of them. Up Around mm-hmm. My Way is another one. Like, these are just cuts I still play. And you're right. I mean, the, people might think Anytime was his debut album just because that's when he blew up. But yeah, right. he definitely got a catalog before this of really quality work as well. Yeah. And then two groups that I'll bring up here, or three. We've got Intro, After Seven, and Tom. We got to give a shout out to DJ Soulchild because he'll be proud of this one. We've got to talk about Portrait, which apparently, Portrait. Wow. Por- apparently this Portrait album is like the greatest album of all time. <laughs> I haven't heard it's it. It's so good. I can't confirm. <laughs> it's a good album, yes. All three of the albums that you mentioned are very good. I doubt there's an album we mentioned today that's of poor quality because the bar was just that high in 95. But no, great album that's kind of overlooked today. I don't know about it being the best of all time, but maybe it's Soul Child's joint, that and Horace Brown we haven't we should, you didn't name uh subway yet is that is that discussion coming or that that's a debut album gotcha and i'm anxious to hear ed speak on that one. Oh, oh i got some subway talk but we'll, we'll save that <laughs> mm. uh i guess we'll have to get into the rookies of the year now are you guys ready for this talk well Man, if you want to because wait till we get to these, these rookies all right i've got two collages to get through okay so i'm gonna go through this quickly but maybe not too quickly. And you guys give me your take on whatever you want. And maybe I'll just throw it to you guys after. But we've got Adina Howard. We've got ah. D'Angelo. Ugh. Ed's baby mama, Deborah Cox. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. uh, One of Tom's favorite artists of all time, Faith Evans. Yes, sir. Yes. Groove Theory. John B. Cut Close. Oh, Montel Jordan. Monica. Oh, let me get to the second collage. We got 3T, A Few Good Men, Soul for Real, Subway, Terry Ellis from In Vogue, and Tony Thompson. That's actually a pretty solid rookie class right there. Rookie? That's a decade of a decade. You could have that in a decade. That was one year. I don't even know where to start because I can go 20 minutes on everybody. How many legends were named right there? Jeez. Ooh, we're going to go there, Tom. Let me count. No, no, let's not get into that argument. <laughs> well, how many make it into the R&B Hall of Fame? Because if Monica's oh, not getting in. here we in, go then... with this again. Oh, if, my God. If Monica's go not getting Mon- in. Well, Monica didn't get in. Then none of these are getting so. <laughs> Maybe D'Angelo. But uh, oh, let's, get, let's get started here. Uh, Tom, I'll throw it to you. Let's talk about John B. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Bonafide. Signed to Babyface. Yeah. 
and he creates this album. Love this album. I'm not saying it's a classic, but I will say it's very good. I'd probably give this one, for me, a 4.5. I don't know what Ed gives on his scale. Ed's rankings are the official rankings that we go by here. So oh. for me, it's a 4.5. I love the way this album flows and really outstanding debut for me. It's very good. Again, I just listened to this pretty recently on Soul and Stereo. I ranked John B's entire discography. I think I had this one at a four, but still, it's very, very high on the list. And when you talk about debuts, it's hard to beat that. I remember, though, in 95, people were confused because they thought he was Babyface. Yeah. They were like, this is really? Babyface. Yes, they thought oh. he was literally Babyface. Hearing <laughs> that. Yeah. But that just shows how good he is. Yeah, when you listen to Pretty Girl, it sounds like Babyface. Yeah, uh, he's, he sounds like Babyface. Do you and guys, the duet, Someone to Love You. I do you mean, guys they like probably it? thought. Do you guys love some? Do you like someone to love you? That's kind of poppy to me. Um, I I like it more than I did then. I will say that I didn't like it then. I was not a big fan to this day. I'm still not a big fan of Pretty Girl. It might be just because the ladies wore it out. Mm-hmm. But the ladies loved some John B back in '95. By the way, <laughs> but this was an awesome album. I mean, oh, sorry. It's. A, I was about to say what you were going to say. Despite that. I still love this album and it's good. And it goes to show that even if you don't love the singles, there's still enough meat in the album cuts that'll keep you coming back. Yeah. I'm just looking at the album cuts though. I mean, to me, most of them are above average. Even we talk about they the are. singles, but he had some cuts on here that were really good as well. So, and for those who want to dig in the crates out there, there's a bonus track called Butter Hips. If anyone's ever heard that, mm. love that song. Look that one up. My wife was actually talking about that song a couple yeah? weeks ago. Wow. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard it because I didn't know what you was talking about. Look it up. Mm. Uh, the next album I want to get into is Monica's album. What I love about Monica's debut, she was like 14 at the time, but she sounds like a grown woman. Vocally, killing it. Still killing it today. And so many great records on there. You have the big singles. You got the record With You, which to me is like her best song because that song is incredible. Mm. Yes. Um, Ed. At that age, killing it like she did. I, again, y'all want to know why I am so, so picky in 2021. I have to remind myself it's 2021. Listen <laughs> to that debut. That girl was 13, 14 years old recording yeah. these songs. What excuse do these 25-year-olds coming out here sounding like wombats and aardvarks on these <laughs> records? I'm <laughs> like, wombats. what is you are 14 out singing everybody 20 and 30 years later. What is happening? And I think that this album just goes to show that talent has no age. If you've got talent, you can put it together. And this Monica joint, again, this is another one. The ladies in my high school, especially don't take it personal. I wasn't that big into that song, Mm. but that was like the lady anthem in 95. Ed, I need you to do something for the people right now. What's that? Can you simulate the sound of an aardvark? Well, I can try, but you can also just <laughs> go turn on some of the albums of some of these ladies that came out in 2020. Oh, man. I won't name names, and you can hear all of the zoo animal sounds that you would like. Mm. Well, in a serious note, let me just say, I had a life-changing moment to a Monica song. I was at an R&B show in an arena, and the DJ played Before You Walk Out My Life. And 
I was like, you, you're going to play a sl- kind of like a slower ballad in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a setting like this to try to hype a crowd up. But man, it just made me realize how much energy that she brought to that ballad. And I was like, you know what? It gave me a new recognition of that song. Yeah. Five star song for me. And to me, that's my favorite Monica song right there. Yeah. Tom, you keep hitting on everything that I'm saying. Next time somebody slanders one of my reviews, I'm going to mm. take them back to the audio of this podcast. When <laughs> I say that the music today lacks energy, I don't mean that the beat has to be fast. I don't yeah. mean that someone has to be screaming on the song. You listen to like the last minute and a half of that song, that is yeah. all pure energy and emotion. Yes. You feel what she's saying. That is what's missing. And she's not yelling and screaming. But she's giving you her all. Oh, Monica showed them how it was done and was 14 <laughs> years old. But we can't forget about Soul Shock and Carlin with those hip hop drums because that really added a different mm. element to it. Oh, definitely. So amazing. Uh, can we talk about Faith Evans' debut? Because when we talk about Twitter thrillers, this is a Twitter thriller. People love, 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 love this album. I mean, Soon As I Get Home is like top three greatest R&B song ever. But yes. there's just so much more on that album that we can talk about. Tom, talk about this Faith Evans album. Soon as I get home, arguably is the best R&B song in the '90s. Ballad, at it's least. up there. No, I'll it's fight, up there. I'll, yep. I'll, I'll argue that. But argue what I love it. about Faith Evans' story is that before she came out with this album, she was doing songwriting for other artists behind the scenes. I think that's so cool. I love to read these backstories. And she was around doing her thing, and then this album came out. I have a hard time calling this one a classic, like Kyle said, the Twitter verse does. I I think it's an outstanding debut, though. Um, Probably a four-star album from me. There's so many great songs I hear. You know, certainly gave birth to a legend, obviously. No, it goes without saying for me, Hall of Famer. We'll debate that if you want, Ed. But Faith album, you know, it's not my favorite by her. We've talked about that in more recent episodes. I preferred a few others I really, really liked. But it's still a really good album. I got a... I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't want to rehash too much old ground, but this is my favorite Faith album. I think it is her best work. And I agree Mm. because in 95, again, this is another John B. situation. When I heard the first song, um, You Used to Love Me, I thought it was all right. Like, that beat was kind of womp, womp, womp. It was was different. It was different energy. I liked it. Mm -hmm. But... It wasn't until soon as I get home that I was like, okay, (laughs) got something here. And that's when I got the album and one of the best albums to me this year, because it is so seamless from front to back. Tom was talking about albums where like he had a hard time giving someone like the full, the full Monty. If you have to skip something, there might be one song. Maybe I skip on this one. Maybe. But it is such a strong listen from front to back. There was a five-star Faith Evans song on a soundtrack in 1995. Uh, do you know which I'm talking about? On a soundtrack in 95. And not the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. I'm talking about a different one. Mm. I don't know. I think you got me on this one. High School High. High School I just High, can't. yes. I, yes. Just, I never, heard of the movie, never heard of that movie, but I just can't. It's an amazing song. Again, these there is a time where these movies were so forgettable, but we remember the soundtrack. <laughs> High School High is somewhere back there. Had the Woo Wear song on it. I love that soundtrack. Mm. All right. Uh, can we talk about Montel Jordan's debut? We got the huge anthem, This Is How We Do It. It's always been interesting, and I got to give Montel so much props for this because 
I don't know how you follow up with this is how we do it. That was an anthem to this day, like one of those timeless records. But he was able to build a career for himself and like reinvent himself many, many times after that. But in that moment, Ed, you can tell anyone about this is how we do it like that. That was the record. That was the record. But again, if you were in the, if you were here in 95, you knew that there was more to it than that. He was not at the time. We loved that song. But when he came out with something for the honeys and all those other records, we were like, OK, Montel is keeping it up. There was never a time that I remember people saying, oh, he's got that one song and nothing else, because mm-hmm. he continued to follow up with different sounds that continue to kind of strengthen his legacy. I think he had a song like about his daughter or something. Mm. Like he had a lot of singles around this time that continued to just flip from sound. It wasn't like he was remaking the one hit over and over again. So from Jump, if you were with us in 95, you know that he was more than just that one song. It's interesting. I see our boy Shaquille Perry, who was not even close to being born at the time this song came out, <laughs> saying, he, saying he never wants to hear it again and he hates it. Wow. However, I, I was I was around in 95 and I remember how big it was. It crossed over the pop. Yeah. But you can't tell me when that song comes on, it, no matter where you are, you're not jamming to that song. That song True. is a groove. Come yep. on. Yep. It is an absolute groove. But I understand what Shaquille is saying, because that song, like from commercials and everything else, it's just been like running to the ground. It's kind of like I was talking about Kanye's power song. Mm. I love that song back in the day. Now it comes on, I'm turning it off. <laughs> but because I came up in that era of 95 with that, with like that, just the incredible energy around that song and the other songs he had too. I never got tired of it. I play it to this day. Well, it's crazy with that record, Ed, because Montel is singing on the song, but he's really rapping. He is. And it's crazy if you think about it, because he was way ahead of his time when he did that. Well, at the time it was innovative. Like today, I'm sick to death of it. But <laughs> yeah. he definitely had vocals as he proved later on. It was not, again, just wasn't a one trick pony. That was something he did on one song, but then he was proving his vocal prowess from then on. And this is a epic moment for my city, for Vancouver. This is actually like one of those like urban myths. Montel Jordan actually came to Vancouver and performed at a mall in Vancouver when this song came out. Like, that's how big the song was. But it also takes me back to, like, those moments when artists would go to a mall, hmm. make the mall go crazy, yeah, pack the malls and just perform. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen yes. anymore. No, it's, I, I kind of miss those eras. I think of my wife and my brother-in-law said they saw Destiny's Child like that. Like, imagine seeing Beyonce the first time, like, in a mall or, like, at some random outdoor festival thing. That's the thing. Buster Rhymes is another artist a friend was telling me about that did the same thing. I miss just those little spot shows that these artists did. And that's how they kind of learn their chops and learn how to perform and learn their little routines. Like, y'all got to put in some work. That's why they throw you on TV today and you sound terrible on the BET Award. <laughs> you haven't been trained. You haven't been groomed. You haven't learned your chops. <laughs> um, Tom, can we talk about D'Angelo? The Brown oh, Sugar man. album. Now, this is one of those albums. The one, one Tom likes. Oh, man. I mean, I mean, we have Voodoo, which Tom doesn't really like. We got the most recent one that Tom doesn't really like, Black Messiah. Listen. So we've got Brown Sugar, and this Listen, is one guys. I know you like. 
after this episode, I'm going to go back and study voodoo one more time. I'm still working on it. Oh, you've been studying that since the eighth grade. Give Tom, it up. Tom, next time, have a little bit of this. Got to yeah. dog, And then listen to the voodoo album and tell me how it is. I think I might need weed, actually, to be honest. And yes. that, for that one and Black Messiah album, neither of them I could get into. I think I need to be on something. Mm. Anyway, the Brown Sugar album, man. I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's going to be in my top three. This is one of my favorite albums of all time. I've actually grown to appreciate it more in recent years, believe it or not. Songs like All Right speak to me in recent years. You know, like a song like that, it tells you everything's going to be all right. You put that on, you feel good instantly. You know, and man, there's even album cuts I love on here better than the singles that were chosen, like Cruising, the, you know, the cover. It is what it is, but yeah. oh man. This album, I can't get enough of it. And it's just the perfect length, too. I love it. It's not too many songs. Mm-hmm. It is no needless intro- intros and interludes. That's what I'll add, man. Fill us in. He gets in and he gets out. This is another one that when this when Brown Sugar dropped, this sounded like nothing else on the radio. I remember exactly where I was sitting in the kitchen when mm-hmm. this video dropped. And I was like, is he talking about what I think he's talking about? I think he's talking so, about what I think he's talking about. <laughs> but yes, this album was one that capitalized off of that because you had Brow Sugar and then you had Lady and Me and Those Dreaming Eyes. I actually really mm. like the cruising cover. Like the singles alone are great, but then the album cuts are just as good. It's what, 10 tracks of that. It's very tight, very cohesive, and it is one of the building blocks, as we mentioned before with Maxwell and Badu, the those are the three pillars to me are the building blocks of Neo Soul that would take off to the next level in the next decade. So we can look to D'Angelo here for starting to build that foundation. Mm-hmm. It's uh, interesting. Can I just, can I just yeah. mention something real quick? I want I want your guys' feedback because they say the pillars of Neo Soul was Erica Badu, D'Angelo, and they throw Maxwell in there. But to me, Maxwell does, the debut album didn't sound anything like Badu and D'Angelo's. So I was always curious to why they looped all those together. Well, it doesn't when it comes to, because you're right, Badu and, and um, D'Angelo kind of feel like a brother-sister type thing. But when you're talking mm-hmm. about, I hate to use the word vibe, because good God, y'all wore that out. That out. But <laughs> when it comes to the structure of the songs, when it comes to the songwriting, and when it comes to leaning more into the instrumentation, of the songs so it doesn't really mm. have the construction of the other ones but the almost like it's a spiritual successor because it feels like that even though it's not built the same way so, so of course when we got to like Embry and those other albums that definitely felt yeah. more in that line yeah. but originally yeah i think it's one of the building blocks it's just a it's a different block gotcha now uh let's talk about deborah cox debut this Ooh. is a canadian of mine I oh love, we can i love this album but can i just say one thing here the song where do we go from here that song is top three saddest song of all time <laughs> that song was actually our selected as like our high school whatever it is like the senior class wow song. wow they selected that they had originally picked i think the tamia missing you song no no i'm wrong <laughs> they picked this one first and mm. then the Missing You song came out with Brandy and Tamia. Yeah. So then they like tried to rewrite it and make it that one. And I was like, no, no. My Baby Moms is already our song. So we ended up <laughs> having two senior class songs. Wow. Yeah. But Tom, this debut. I love this album as well. Probably 
I know her second album gets the most credit because it had the bigger singles, but from front to back, I think I prefer her debut. Mm. Um, once again, I always go to the album cuts. I mean, this one just had some standout album cuts to me, and you know they don't really ever get the attention. I mean, Ed, which one did you prefer? I prefer the second one for sure, but this one, incredible. Sound of My Tears should have been a video. There's oh, yeah. so many songs here that should have been singles because they're so strong and solid. And y'all know how I stand over my girl, Deborah. I'm to this day waiting for a new album. Come on, give us something. But this one, again, I remember the first time I saw the video for Sentimental. And it was mm. just something that was very, very different with her in the club and backstage looking in the mirror. Just different vibes. And I love mm. that she was able to bring something new and different to the table. You knew from that single that, like, okay, she's going to be a big deal. We're going on 13 years, by the way, since her last album for anyone counting. Wow. Ugh, me. <laughs> um, it could have been you is on this album too, right? Yep. That's a great, great song. There is. That's a great, great, great song. Um, man, we have so many more debuts to go through. Uh Subway, Subway, Subway. We're not we're we're not there yet. Relax. Oh, down. All right. Jared right. from Subway. <laughs> but but Tom, I'll give you this one. Groove theory. Don't you love oh, the song? Man. Tell me. I got to walk out of the room. I'm getting too excited about this album. Player, yes. That's this probably my album. favorite song this year. Do you manage I'll... Amel LaRue? I can't even get an <laughs> Amel LaRue interview. Wow. I mean, come on. Hmm. Uh, I don't even know what to say about this album. It's one of my personal favorites of all time. This album reminds me, the sound of it just reminds me of New York City. The way they tapped into the production hmm. and front to back, man, I just oh, love this one. Ed, I can't get enough. I tell me might be my favorite song of this year is one of my favorite songs of all time. I've always said if I was a rapper, I would have sampled the crap out of this song. Mm. Why hasn't anybody done this yet? Hey, don't say that. That soul beat up. You better be careful. Mustard might take that beat and uh, flip it. Oh, no, not mustard. No, (laughs) I need 2004 Kanye to take it before he lost his mind. (laughs) Somebody with some sense. Ninth one to get on the beat. But anyway. Ninth one. Like, Wow. I need someone to take some some liberties with this one but even beyond that like i love the album as a whole again it was just something different and it was so much chemistry between a male and and trey and oh oh not this so many great songs this year what can i say man man oh that's a great album that's a great album and i'm gonna give you these two right here these are your two personal favorites we have cut okay. close yes <laughs> and we have adina howard Oh, my girl, yes. <laughs> Look, play. First, I'll, I'll start with Adina, and I'll make it quick because I know time is getting short. I know that Adina is the prototype one-hit wonder. And, yes, she had one big hit. And, yes, it was on this album. But I implore anybody who has not heard the album itself to go check it out. That was a very solid album that, unfortunately, didn't get the credit that it deserved. And if you watched Unsung, You'll know why, and I won't go into that story with Brandy and Wanye and a big mess. Isn't it interesting, I, I want to mention one thing. The album cover of, of Adina Howard, Do You Want to Ride? I mean, this was 25 years ago, and it was probably considered risque at the time. Look what mm-hmm. people are doing on their yeah. album covers now. Look how far we've come. They're pretty much naked on their album cover. She just was showing a little bit. It's crazy. But, but times. that's the thing. We don't talk enough about how she really pioneered. Talk about Lil' Kim. This is before Kim. We talk about Foxy. This is before Foxy. Way before Nick and all these people today. 
to me, this is the first artist of my era that I remember really using her sexuality as a part of her story and her power, so to speak. So to me, and, and when I think it was Biggie was talking about in an interview, kind of refining Lil' Kim's image and how he wanted Lil' Kim to be the black Marilyn Monroe, a lot of that he took from Adina because rappers loved Adina. So she is the prototype for a lot of what we saw. We don't give her enough credit today for that. Mm. And uh, cut close, Ed. Ed's oh, cut favorite close, group. Yes, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Now, this won't be because this year is so great. I can't even put it in my top three. But if we're talking personally, this is one of my favorite albums ever. My boy Keith, King Keith did that thing. I thought that the girls were very underrated vocally, especially Athena. This is a very solid album from front to back. Again, if you just know Cut Close, it's Keith's backup singers. They're way more than that. I challenge you, go check out that album after that. That's your two homework assignments. Adina, Cut Close, go listen to those albums. Mm, Amazing. We'll get into the second collage now here. Uh, We don't really have a lot of time left, I'll be honest, but I want to highlight a couple here. We've got 3T, So For Real. I don't know if I can listen to Candy Rain anymore, though. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Uh, that's the real album was very good it, yeah I, i've seen a lot of comments about that one tony thompson is another one that people mm, really yes. rave about that album is actually really 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 good another uh, very strong album a few good men seen a lot of love for that one as well yeah uh, that one was solid. terry ellis from in vogue see a lot of love for that one and tom subway subway Finally, let's tom. go ed let's go <laughs> oh my god give me that foot long I... turkey ed let's oh go my... <laughs> Calm down. Anyway, <laughs> the thing that always struck me about Subway, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure they were young, but that song that they had was 702. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all are pretty young to be talking yeah. such freak things. They were assigned to Michael Bivens, right? Yep. Yeah. All, I mean, both those groups. Yeah. Pretty interesting. But Tony Thompson's album, I really want to talk about this one because, like, that album has some gems on there. Troy Taylor did a lot on there. Um, Missy Elliott and Devontae did a record on there. Like, there's a lot of great songs on there. Yeah, this record, we really thought that he was really going to be a big solo star after this one because we knew what he came from, from High Five. Mm-hmm. He transitioned well. We talked before about some artists, like my boy Kevin. I mean, Tevin, for example, didn't really transition well into this new era. He went from High Five to sensational the sounds ridiculous but mm. he was able to transition very well to a more kind of i don't say salacious but a more adult sound and he just did it seamlessly the vocals were still there he had great production i really hate that we lost him so soon because i think that i'm not saying that he would have been usher 2004 but there was a lot more gas left in the tank than what we got from tony yeah uh, we got a comment here. We forgot about Brownstone this year. Did that come out this oh, year? Was that was this Brownstone this year or, or last year? Yeah, let I me thought do it was this. last year. Yeah. But... I'm gonna I'm gonna wiki this, but while I do yeah, that, can I we talk about that. Quincy Jones juke joints? That's the one. Oh with man, you, you put a move on my heart. Uh, Brownstone was 95 as well. Who knew? Yeah, their debut was 95. Okay, yeah. it was January 10. That was a good well, album. Well, I got it. Oh, yes. I got to give love to Grapevine. I got to give love to If You Love Me. Those girls, you could tell they were some church-honed vocals because mm-hmm. you don't get like that unless you've been up in somebody's choir stand. 
<laughs> but the the Quincy Jones album with the Tamia record, that Tamia record yes. is also top three of the '90s. That song is amazing. That song is great, yeah. and this was another showcase. Whenever you know Quincy is not going to slap his name on some garbage. So when <laughs> you see that, it's a seal of approval in it of itself. And yeah, this is another solid one that in another year would be the best album of the year. Yeah. But it's just so much incredible talent that it just not that it's forgotten, but probably isn't celebrated as much as it should be. Yeah, I just love the way this album was put together. The the diversity of the sounds on here, the talent that came together. I mean, oh, it just makes me miss getting projects like this so much, guys. Yeah. It's, oh, it's never yeah. coming back. Unfortunately. Never coming back. Never coming back. All right, I think that covers all of it. I don't know how we miss Brownstone, but well, it's so got, much. It's just so much. I mean, we, did we talk about like intro had an album. I think somebody yes. mentioned that in the comments. Like, there's yep. just so much. We'd have to do two hours, y'all. We're sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, someone would have to give me a refill of this. No, have you been taking the swig of that yet? Oh no, I had this last probably night. before. Yeah, oh, uh, it's empty. Uh, yeah, it's empty. Well, that's why we didn't have sound for the first five minutes. He was dipping to it. I got another. <laughs> I got another bottle in the kitchen. If anyone wants to join me later, oh, but boy. Uh, before we do that, let's get Lawrence here. That's our special guest for today. He's gonna help us participate in our Rookie of the Year award as well as the top three albums. I'm gonna bring in Lawrence now. He's a uh, Lawrence. If you want to unmute and uh, show yourself, uh, Lawrence is a avid listener. He's been with us every week. And he My looks man. like hey, what's up, <laughs> he, man? He, hey, how y'all doing? Good. What's up? We got uh, two from VA in the house. Yup. <laughs> you know I'm representing. You know I'm representing. So <laughs> always a couple of questions here. First of all, were you born before or after 1990? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was born in 93. What the heck is going on here? Why do we get all babies these? who listen to our show? It's crazy. But babies that are intelligent. I like intelligent babies. I my mom had an extensive it. collection growing up, and when she would go to work, I would sneak and listen to her CDs. So, wow. I mean, that's how I got to my music knowledge. Wow. Damn. Well, Lawrence, I appreciate you for joining us. I know you're you're with us every week, so you know how this goes. We're going to do our Rookies of the Year. Uh, I hope you did your research as well. But oh, if you didn't, course. go on our Instagram. You can find the collage. But, Tom, we'll start <laughs> off. Who is your Rookie of the Year for 1995? So... I'm going to do the same thing I did last week. I'm not going to, I'm going to pick a rookie that and not put them in my top three because I don't want to duplicate. So my rookie, my boy, John B. <laughs> I have to do a bona fide album. They could have went in any direction really, but you know, that's my guy. I got to show love to him. And I love that album, but bona fide from John B. Uh, oh yeah. We also forgot the Michael Jackson album, but it happens. I mean, the greatest hits it's the greatest hits it's the greatest hits but there is a second disc that has some new songs on it so is that, I know is that the one with the will... uh is that the album with the r kelly record yes i think so. i think that was you know yeah i think that yeah was yeah but apparently, yeah it was, it was all right. had scream on it yeah scream yeah. was on it okay well shout out to michael jackson i don't know how we <laughs> forgot <you. laughs> I'm, I'm i'm blaming the snoop dogg wine but lawrence who is your rookie of the year <laughs> Um, I'm have to go with Monica, because mm. she could have easily got lost in the shuffle between Aaliyah and Brandy. But with that voice, I mean, she was 14, like y'all said, singing like a 30 year old church lady. Like, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. And her album, her debut album, was just like 
it's 16 songs, but like they all are like a cohesive piece of work. Like I can listen to that from front to back and that's very rare for me. Mm. Wait, hold on. Before we continue, I need to clarify something. Is your name Lawrence? Because I'm looking at your screen and I always wanted to call you Lawrence. They is Lawrence. My mom gave me that oh, name. Don't ask oh, me how it came up. Wow. <laughs> all right. It's all Lawrence. Right, it's my middle name. It's- Yes, it's, but he's Derry to me, so that's what we do. Derry. Okay, but don't worry. We were calling people by the wrong names. Theo Sullivan. His <laughs> name was, yeah. If he's there. His name was Brandon. Leave so. Theo alone. That's, <laughs> now, that's you dipping in the Snoop Dogg. Leave Theo out of, oh, man. Out of that. Uh, Ed, who's your rookie of the year? Well, going by Tom's rule of not having the rookie in the top three, my top three was tough, but I have to show love to the homie D'Angelo because he, what? as I said, yes, he was oh. the one that helped build the blocks of the next decade and one of the best albums of this year is not in my top three, though. How is he not in the three? That's crazy. Well, I got wow. three better. That's why. You bumped him out for Men of Vision? That's crazy. No, that was last year. <laughs> Tom, it's a few good men, actually. Oh, sorry. Get it a few right. good men. <laughs> uh my rookie of the year and he won't be in my top three either but i'm gonna go with montel jordan because i feel like this is how we do it is better than any other song that came out in 95 i'm gonna say that someone argue this with me but this is how we do it is the greatest song hey, of what? all time oh i'll <laughs> argue but you got 10 minutes left so i won't do that all right. but i do Mon- like that song listen this podcast is sponsored by montel jordan that's my guy. I had to put that out there. <laughs> uh, I can live without hearing it every now and then. I mean, it's a great song, but I just, I can't keep listening to it over and over again. It gets too repetitive. I don't know. Yeah. I can still hear it. I can hear yeah. it all day. I don't know. You guys are crazy. Uh, you had to be there, guys. You had to you be had there. To be the, you had to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, top three albums of 1995. You know mm-hmm. how this goes. This is a tough one. I'm really... I haven't even really thought about this yet, but Tom, I'll let you go first. You may influence my decision. Hold on. I got to look. Um, Shaquille, did a Mariah Carey album come out this year? I'm trying to remember the, the, the list here. Um, yes. Daydream. I know. I'm just kidding. About. I'm just messing with our boy. I'm not putting Mariah in my top three. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, my God. <laughs> you can fight with him is, after. Jodeci is my number three. My hmm. favorite album from Jodeci. And... I, like I said earlier, I love the story behind this one. It's made me appreciate it more. I'm going with that one. Lawrence? Well, I have a runner-up, and y'all didn't mention this. I mean, they always get lost anyway, but Immature. Oh, yeah. Got oh, it. Wow. That's true. Wow. That's a runner-up. I mean, it's not in my top three, but That's since true. y'all mentioned it, I'll bring it up because we can't – was it? Um, um, I Can't Stop the Rain? That's a great song. That one did have some. What was it? Feel the funk. Oh, I wore that out. That one and the one where he's crying in the music video. Um, what's the name of wow. the music video? It was the nineties. Um, everybody cried in the music video. <laughs> Baby, does it please don't go? I think that was it. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. I it like had some jokes on it. Wow, I forgot. Well, my number three would have to be. I think it would be kind of like blast with me if I don't put her in there. But it has to be daydream, Mariah. Hmm. Because that's not that's mad. a great. I think it was a bigger step up from Music Box. I don't like Music Box. I think it's too really? Celine Dionish for me per se. Mm. I feel like they're trying to push her into that adult contemporary mode too hard for me. Mm. And then when we get to Daydream, that's when Jermaine Dupri comes in. Long ago should have been a single. 
Melt yep. Away should definitely should have been a single. Melt Away should have been a single. Yes, yep. sir. And I love the cover she did. It was um, Open Arms. I love oh, that. Yes. Yep. I like it better than the original. I mean, I think I like every Mariah cover better than the original. Mm, Let me ask you yeah, a that. question. Not the yeah. George Michael cover. Oh, yeah. I don't like that one. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question. <laughs> what year did you discover that album since you're, you're young when it came out? Um, when I was in high school, I want to say from like freshman all the way to maybe like my senior year, like the only thing I would listen to was 90s New, New Jack Swing and Brandy and Monica. That was it. Gotcha. So I want to say probably around 2010. Damn. Mm. Interesting. Because YouTube you was popping. So I was yeah. just like digging the craze through YouTube. Nice. He's listening to this and y'all listening to T-Pain. See, this is why he's my guy. <laughs> Your friends must have made fun of you so bad, man, for listening yes. to this old stuff. Yes, you don't understand. Like, Darius, what's that Jodeci song? I was like, oh, this one? Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> it came to me for all that. I was that Maddie's <laughs> trivia person. Wow. Dope. Uh, Ed, what's your number three? Well, not trying to um, copy my VA boy, but number three for me also is Mariah's Daydream. Again, I don't hmm. think it's her best, but it's very, very close to being her best. And I love it to this day. Great album. Uh, my number three, I'm stuck here between Faith, Deborah, and Monica because I love all three. I'm going to go with Monica as my number three. Mm. Um, I don't love every single song on here, but the songs that I do love are incredible. Um, we forgot about Why I Love You So Much because that's a re- great record. Um yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I didn't really like just one of them days, though. That's the one record that I know a lot of people love. I don't love that album. I mean, that I song. I didn't love it either at the time. It was all right, but they was not a fan. I think it was a but great start a for her, but yeah, I yeah. really don't care for it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone in our uh, comments is probably going to yell at us, but. <laughs> yeah, the ladies love it. What it is. Tom, what is your I'm, number two? I'm reading these comments from our boy, Jonathan B. The industry tried to push. Whitney, Mariah, Tony, and Celine as adult contemporary. Yes. But I loved how Mariah broke out of that. They did. That, that, they absolutely. Did. And then um, I saw another one. Ed's top two are Faith and Cut Close. We'll see if that's true or not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, my number two, I was raving about it earlier, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar, because just love it front to back. He set the groundwork for my, my guy, Music Soul Child, obviously, mm-hmm. with the whole neo soul movement you know music to me refined it a bit more and i love this brown sugar album lawrence or lawrence sorry (laughs) it's fine my number two it surprisingly is my number two because i made it my rookie but i'm gonna have to go with monica's on this thing Mm -hmm. album Mm -hmm. and there's this song i've been looking for for 10 years it was the japanese bonus track and i could never find it and it was a fan page wow. Monica has on YouTube. They posted it maybe six months ago. It's called wow. In Time, produced by Tim and Bob. I have I heard have that song. Heard. Great yes. song. That's a great song. Yes. I have you heard, heard it. it. Yes. Yep, I have heard it. It sounds like an early, it sounds like one of the early recordings because it sounds kind of like New Jack Swingish. Yeah. That's so a great I feel song. like they probably kept it for a bonus track. But overall, the whole album is great. Only thing mm. I really don't care for is the Usher duet. But other than that, mm-hmm. really? I enjoy it. I, yeah, I don't like Let's Straighten It Out as much. <laughs> I like that. 
I loved um tell me if you um tell me if you still care. I like that one better than the original. And I grew up on the original because of my mom. But mm. Monica, well, yeah, she made it to her own. I love that. I still play that version out to this day. I do love that version. It's not better than the original to me, but I do love that version. Yes. Ed, number two. Number two, I've hyped her all podcasts. And I do it again. To me, a five star release. My girl Faith Evans, her debut. I think mm. it's that good, and I think it's worthy of number two. All right, Shaquille Perry's on track so far. I don't know if he's going to have cut close as his number one. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But it might be. Uh, my number two will have to be Joe to see the show, The After Party, The Hotel. Tom, we talked about Pump It Back, but we got the record. Uh, <laughs> Can We Flow? Uh, yep. Fallen, that interlude's great. That album, again, I don't love the first half, but that second half, it's one of those albums you can just like hit play and just let it ride i know the interludes are kind of annoying but when it works it really really works wait it's pumping back with that weird interlude in the beginning if y'all know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah pump me while i pump you yeah 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 but ironically (laughs) this is my favorite jodeci album i probably like the most underrated one Mm -hmm. i really don't like i gotta probably gotta re-listen to it but i really don't like diary from that band i like the debut Maybe I just got to re-listen to it. Because like fir- I said, when I first discovered these, I was like 13, 14. The first half of Diary of a Mad Band is amazing. The second half, I don't love as much. Okay. But same thing with this one. Because like I'm even looking at the track list. Good Love, that is an amazing song too. That Jodeci put together. So Jodeci will be my number two. Tom- Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Laurence on the spot. D'Angelo's Voodoo album. Do you like it or not? Uh, see... <laughs> Ah. My, let me tell you, like my mom even bought this. She even bought the um the cassette single with the with the um, Method Man song on it, and she thought, mm. "Oh, it's gonna be good." And we both listened to it because I remember she was like, mm, "I don't know about this one, D. I don't know about this one." <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. But she ended up playing right. it out, so I guess she enjoyed it eventually. I don't know. Listen, right. if you have to play something like seventy times to like it, that means you forced yourself to like it because you bought it. I will, I will say this, player. It was a different era. When you bought an album, you listened to it. Yes. It's not like today yeah. where you stream it and it's like, oh, okay, and you never revisit. So you are forced to live with albums. Like well, that. yeah, you paid yeah. $13.99 for that album. You better <laughs> like it. Yeah. I do exactly. like Spanish Joint. Spanish Joint is really good on there. I enjoy that. It's, it's not for me, but I definitely see why people like it. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it there. Uh, Tom, your number one album of 1995. My number one, Ed, you already know. What is it? I already know, player. Hit us, hit us with your boy. The, the Sound of New York City in 1995, Groove Theory's wow. debut. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, only album. Man, front to back, just love it. I can just put this one on repeat. You know, Amel went on to do some some great things after this, but I always revisit this one. I think it's her best work. And no question. I, I would say I wish they would do a reunion, but obviously it'll never be the same as the original. So mm-hmm. I just... Stick to this one. Yep. What about you, Lawrence? My number one, I got to represent for Virginia. Born and raised, I got to go with Brown Sugar. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. This was actually one of the earliest memories of me listening to my mom's CD. I shouldn't have listened to it because my favorite song is the one with the curse words on it. So, wow. <laughs> Don't get but, um, what's the song? When We Get By. It's so yes. simple, yep. but it's yep. so great. Yeah. I listen to that constantly, like almost every other day. I love love that song. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's short and it's simple and it's straight to the point. It's a great piece of work. 
It's and short, it's, it, but the it was, songs aren't two minutes long. It's not that kind of yeah. short. Y'all pay attention. I, There's substance. I think we, we just have to reiterate the fact that it was groundbreaking, this album, yeah. too. Like, it didn't yeah. sound like anything else at the time. And we, we, Correct. We easily lose sight of that. And it influenced a lot after it. And you said earlier, Tom, like the Maxwell and the D'Angelo comparison. Because I feel like D'Angelo was more rugged on Brown Sugar and Maxwell was kind of like clean in a sense because mm-hmm. Maxwell was more like soul funk and then D'Angelo yeah. had like the hip hop funk so yeah it's like like night and day but it's both neo yeah. soul but it's just night and day wow Ed we might have to replace you with Lawrence I like this <laughs> oh, no I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to slide him into Tom's spot so watch oh. out Tom you got another one on your heel. listen if we're going with someone from VA Magoo is, our, is the first on our list that's so. true what? Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on, Lawrence. Do you know the record of uh, Virginia by Clips? Um, that's I might have heard it. <laughs> oh, you got to go back and listen to it. You got to tell me if that's actually true about the uh, about, about Virginia. Ed, I can tell you it's true. It is. <laughs> Remember Tyra B? Tyra B, yes. I wonder what happened to her. Going so in stereo. Go on soinstereo.com to find out. Tyra B. Oh, wait, y'all interviewed her? No, we didn't. <laughs> no, oh, they did not interview like Tyra that. B. No. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> go listen anyway. to that clip song, Virginia, and tell me if it's true. I will do that as soon as I get off the podcast. <laughs> I don't know about Richmond, but it sure was true on the East Coast. I'm Something sure about, it's true. Richmond. Chrome to the bone, dome. What's going See, on I grew there? up in the country. I grew up like 15 minutes away from North Carolina. So the only gunshots I heard was during hunting season. So uh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Wow. Ed, what's uh what's your number one? My number one, I am shocked that no one has mentioned it, but to me, another five-star entry, the waiting to exhale sound. Oh. To me, that is it, the best record. That that is, but we were gonna go with artists. So if it's not that one. Is it cut close? Uh, no. <laughs> if we're talking personal favorites, yes, it's cut close. Mm. Everybody else under that. But no, this is the best record of the year to me, no question. Yeah, so who I, was your just miss then if, if, if it wasn't, um, if you couldn't have picked this one and you had to bump everyone oh, else? please, up a whole bunch of them. Basically, Groove Theory, D'Angelo, Cut Close, and Monica yeah. are probably my four. Mm. Wow. Uh, my number one is my entry point into R&B. It'll be Mariah Carey's Daydream album. Let me just tell you how important this album is. Without that album, I do not exist on the Soulback podcast. Because this <laughs> podcast was my idea, this podcast would not exist without that album. Wow. So, Daydream by Mariah Carey is my number one. I mean, I guess, you guys, right. I guess you guys could have done a podcast without me, but... No, he's right, because me and Ed would have probably choked ourselves out by now. We wouldn't have existed. Oh, we wouldn't have made it. Yeah, we wouldn't have made it episode 10. (laughs) Wow. So that's it for 1995. We'll be back next week with 1994. But before we get out of here, Ed, what's going on with SoulInStereo.com? Well, SoulInStereo.com, if you missed it last week, go check us out. Me and my boy, Derry, we had a nice, great, incredible head-to-head on our girls' escape. And Escape showed us some love there. So if you missed that last oh. time, go check that out. And shout out again to my, my boy for joining me for that one. Um, that was a great than, one. It was fun. Other than that, really, we don't have too much going on because of the holidays. Again, shout out to my homie. Um, uh, I just, man, my night just threw <laughs> out of my head. My boy, Jacob Frazier. He's going to 
kill me for this, but he had a great synopsis of 20 best emerging artists here in the South for the past last year. So that one did very well. Show some love there. Go see them artists who are on the cusp of blowing up before they do blow up. And then finally, in the hip hop community, as some of you may know, yesterday we had word that the legendary MF Doom passed away. So mm. I am working on a because I was like, I got to show tribute to my boy somehow. So yeah. I have taken on the Herculean task of reviewing his entire discography. And it's like 20 some albums. So hopefully I'll have that up in the next couple of days. I'm almost done. If I can do this, maybe I will do Prince because good God, these dudes have a bunch of mm. albums. Mm. I love Prince. That's one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, I might need your help on this one. <laughs> oh, anything after the um, album come, I don't know anything except for like musicology because he has like 32 albums. I can't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Tom, you know I got so. No, nah, it's been kind of slow. I think the industry has been off for yeah. a few weeks. So nothing really has been coming out that we could feature. You've been publishing a bunch of the interviews you did live on the site so people can check those out who missed them. Yeah. Other than that, we, we're, we're rolling out a new layout. We got some things going on behind the scenes to you know, do some bigger things in 2021, but not, nothing really out there to talk about. Yep. Anything on your end, Kyle? Uh, I'm interviewing Jay Holiday in about a week, and you know how those Jay Holiday interviews go. He says anything. And, and <laughs> oh, yes. I remember that podcast. <laughs> uh, oh, man. We'll go down oh, in infamy. It doesn't take much to fire Jay up, so uh, stay tuned for that. And Laurent, I appreciate you for joining us. 1994 is next week. I don't know if we're going to have you on here, but I'm just going to throw this question at you just as a cliffhanger. Okay. The better album, Crazy Sexy, Crazy, Sexy Cool or My Life? Oh, um, dang, that's really hard. I'm I'm gonna have to go with TLC because that album probably resonated the most with me because every family member of my in that I had had that daggone red CD with the blue actual yes. compact disc. Yeah, mm. so I'm gonna have to go with Crazy Sexy Cool. All right, we um, I just saw a comment here. Age ain't nothing but a number is Aaliyah's best album. Oh my gosh, it's time to go. <laughs> Take me with you, player. This is not real life here. No, it's... come on, Tar Heels fan. We thought you were our boy. Street thing talking is, about Street Thing is a good song though. But uh, Young Nation is a lot good, of good songs. But stay, we'll fuss about that last. Stay next tuned week. for the 1994 episode next week, uh, and find out if our opinion is the same as Laurence's. Well, I appreciate you for joining us, Laurence. Thank, Thank you. Thank for, for having me. Yeah. Always Thank tuning you for in, coming, man. And uh, for everyone listening out here, uh, if you haven't checked this out, you can check it out on check us out on Spotify to re-listen to this. But for everyone that tuned in live, I appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week with another episode. And Tom, one more time for my man Snoop. Oh my god, <laughs> this is actually really good. You guys need to get this. But we'll talk about it next week. Uh, we're, we're out, and we'll, we'll talk next week. <laughs> Peace.